it's our hundredth episode. Happy hundred. Happy hundred. Happy holidays. I can't wait to get into this. I didn't even count us in. Five, six, seven, eight. Uns, 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 uns. We gotta stop doing the uns part, but yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think it adds <laughs> to the vibe though. In honor of our hundredth episode. We have a special little treat. Yes, we do. We are revisiting everyone's favorite rom- yep. holiday rom-com. The ultimate, the classic. Love Actually, baby. Revisited. Revisited. The 20th anniversary. Yes. During our 100th episode. The 20th anniversary and our 100th episode anniversary. The stars aligned. Oh, that, that was cute. Thank that you. That was cute. Okay. Well, on that note, welcome back to the pod, pals, gals and pals. Yes. Love that. Yeah. Uh, welcome to... To, to all, all the rom-coms we've loved before. every time because I'm so excited. Uh, But it's good to scream. Well, I'm Christina Archer. I'm Sarah Kelly. And this week, well, we already know what we're doing. We rewatched. We rewatched Love Love Actually. Actually. And I think you have a special little treat. I do. To kick us off. So if you guys remember, (laughs) my dad came on an episode with us. He did Pretty Woman. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we love him. He's such an icon. So I had him record a special little treat. And I have not heard it, so I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinions starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. I'm screaming. Screaming, crying, throwing up. I actually did tear up a little. (laughs) That was so Okay, first of all, missing a career in voiceover Literally, narration. Literally, I texted back, patiently awaiting your audiobook 2024. Um, that was perfect. He's so talented. I can't believe we got a Hugh Grant impersonator on our <laughs> podcast. I mean... Actually, I, it made it sound better. I will just say yeah. that I grew up with him reading the Harry Potter books out loud to us. Wow. And he did it in that voice, and he did it all he would do all the voices for everyone else and it was so good like it made my experience of reading those books incredible magical even some might say magical i I listened to that love actually is all around it is that's a hundred percent true i feel it shout out dave we love you buddy (laughs) we love you dad thank you for doing that that was excellent i 100 percent bullied him into it (laughs) merry christmas everyone merry christmas dave (laughs) and especially your dad thanks so much perfect perfect great work 10 out of 10 no notes okay sarah is gonna take us through the rest of this episode she's our guiding light okay this app so to kick us off here's the thing 
I re-listened to our first episode of Love Actually, <laughs> was- which is a feat amongst itself. I mean, we were drunk. We were sh- <laughs> eight minutes into the episode. We are opening our second <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> Which that's professionalism, baby. I want to say yes. We when we started recording this episode, we were gonna do a mimosa hour, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually I we are we not had a snafu. We had a but snafu. we will we will open it halfway through. Yeah, right now we're on the waking up. Yeah, and then halfway through we'll go on the the escalation down. <laughs> we I mean we couldn't do a love actually episode without a mimosa. Exactly. Unless one of us was sober, in which case we could. <laughs> Uh, to kick us off, however, I have decided to put together a little fun thing activity for you. Oh my god! Because I listened to the first episode. Okay. And I have assembled a little quiz on <gasps> things you said in the first episode. Oh no! Oh, but I think you're gonna love it. Oh my god! I'm so <laughs> full of shit. <laughs> but it's so good. The things okay. you say are so good. I just simply had to. I'm so scared. Because uh, <laughs> now you're gonna have to remember. First of all, we did this episode in 2018. Oh my god five yeah. years ago five years and now we've finally got to our wow. 100th episode hilarious that we only did 20 episodes a year yeah but you know what there's 52 <laughs> weeks in a year and, and we and, also were never getting paid to do this and so. i went through grad school yeah you we've we had also jobs. went through trauma yeah it's been a wild <laughs> ride this 100th episode i can't actually like looking back on that looking at the people we were in 2018 and yes. the people we are now yeah that's very interesting it's very sweet the quality is so bad but the quality of our jokes is so good we've only I gotten better too i love so. that for us we were funny then and we're even funnier even now. funnier now we're just a little less unhinged uh, <laughs> i would say maybe maybe i don't know about that for me i think i was just as unhinged back then as I am now, maybe. Maybe even more. For me, I was definitely a little more unhinged then. Yeah, you definitely (laughs) had a little. But then at the same time in our last episode, I just want to remind you, you did say Mary, sorry, Jesus, mother, Mary, mother of Jesus. Had sex for sure. Defo shagged. Yeah. Is so I think my words. I don't know if. <laughs> to me that's Less like, unhinged. That's not unhinged at all. That's just <laughs> logic. Yeah. Tearing down all of Christianity. Look I'm sorry but use your brain. Mary fucked. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so we have our mimosas now. We have our mimosas now. We are prepared and I think you take a sip. Okay. And then we'll get into our little quiz. <laughs> it's multiple choice. So don't worry. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. This is a quiz to Christina about things Christina has said on the last episode (laughs) that we did of Love Actually. Ready? I'm ready. One, is Colin Firth's kissing most like A, a baby trying to slurp spaghetti, (laughs) B, a fish trying to open its gills, C, a grown man trying to give CPR for the first time? Oh my God. Those are my options? Those are your options. A, B, or C. Again, A, Ooh. a baby trying to slurp spaghetti. B, I'm- a fish trying to open its gills. C, a grown man trying to give CPR for the first time. <laughs> They're honestly all really accurate. <laughs> I think I I want to say B because I know I've compared it to a fish before. Correct. <gasps> yes. Correct. Oh, great job, me. You know yourself better than anyone. <laughs> I mean, it is like a fish literally going like... And well, absolutely. It's we not talk good. about it for a long time. And it's so dry looking. And here's the thing. 
one of we'll, we'll I have a fun trivia fact okay. specifically about the kiss. <gasps> yeah. Okay. It's good. Oh, I'm so ready. Listen to the whole episode. Okay. I guess. Okay. Okay. Number two. This is a quote from you. Love actually is dot 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 all around. B. Felt in your fingers and your toes. Or C. A story about what love actually is. <laughs> I'm gonna go with C because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you know what? for an informal synopsis, and that's the first thing you said. Love actually is a story about what love actually is. Yes. God, I'm so stupid. No, that was really good. I, I mean, it wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong. Love actually is all around. Yeah, it also actually is all around, which you do say. I'm so sure that I would, said, yeah. I would have accepted that accepted. as a correct answer as well. That, honestly, like five years on, you can't fix stupid. <laughs> So sorry to the listeners, but like I said in the last episode, I think, or some episode, I said, uh, you don't have to be smart to start a podcast. It's not for the it's not for the scientists. No. It's just for getting the scientists to do uh voiceovers in the beginning. Exactly. Just for exploiting their deep, deep voices. <laughs> their pretty little accents. And their beautiful pronunciation. Yeah. So Something nice. I can't do that. No. You okay. stumbled over your words so many times today. So many times. So you're two for two. Here we go. Okay. Number three. All right. What is something, according to Christina, that only white people who spend a lot of money on, <laughs> only white people spend a lot of money on? Can I guess before you give me answers? Yes. Um, A giant thing of garlic. <laughs> what does that have to, what was, when was that in Love Actually? When he puts, he puts in the trunk a gigantic thing of garlic. Oh. In the Colin Firth does. That is true. That's not what I said. That is not what you said. <laughs> okay, all right. But well. that is very good. That's, that's a, ridiculous. Who that's buys that much garlic? Who needs that much garlic? Fresh garlic, yeah. too? I mean, what are they doing? Baking I, the whole thing every single time? Honest. Ooh. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah, I mean, I am a garlic girl. I but. want that first and foremost, a garlic girl. Yeah. So, I mean, no, no tea, no shade. Okay, here are your options, okay. though. Okay, to repeat the question one more time. Okay. What is something, according to Christina, that only white people spend a lot of money on? A, expensive mansions. B, drum kits. C, architect's desks. Ooh. D, Joni Mitchell CDs. Ooh. Architect's desks. Correct. <laughs> Correct. We spend Although, a lot. B was a good option. Right, mm-hmm. yes. Your grieving child, how can you make him feel better? A drum d- kit. A drum kit. That's a ridiculous thing to own. <laughs> For a 10-year-old? My upstairs neighbor recently acquired a drum kit. I'm so sorry for your loss. I love him and I support his dreams. Yeah. And so... Well, like, how much support can you really do is the thing. I mean, honestly, so the first time, first night he got it, he, he was playing away and I was down here like, hmm... I think I have to text him about this because he had told me he was like, if it's too loud, I can get another like pad for underneath it that will help dampen the sound or whatever. Okay. And I was like, hey, I can definitely hear the drums or whatever. And now I can still hear it. Okay. It's much more faint. OK. But I honestly just I want to support his dreams. Okay. And he said, I'm following a dream. That's what he told, he told me. He said, I'm following a dream. And I bought a bass, guitar, and a drum kit. And I said, you go, girl. 100%. Keep doing you. He's trying to impress a girl at the school concert. Okay. (laughs) Well, I don't know where I was going with. You forgot where I live. (laughs) He's trying to impress a boy. Yeah. (laughs) At the school concert. 
I love him. I just, I said, keep doing you. I, he was like, oh, I'll stop playing. I said, don't. No. Keep playing. Okay, I love that. You are so passionate about other but people's dreams. Sometimes I'll be laying in bed, but granted, it's like 930 at night and I'm laying in bed and I can hear him playing and I'm like, go off, King. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just put my rain sounds on and I go to sleep. I love that. And I bring up this question. Uh-huh. Uh, architect says, yes, correct answer. Ridiculous thing to own. We spend a solid 10 minutes in the original episode <laughs> debating on what Liam Neeson's character's job is. Because we're both convinced it's architect. I think he is an architect. But in one of the formal reviews that we read of uh-huh. the movie, someone says that he's like a writer. And we're like, that's no, not right. He's yeah, not exactly. a writer. And we're like, he has pictures of buildings. I went back and, and it, watched. Yes, I was watching him work at one point. He's mm-hmm. drafting something. He's, he's draft- a draftsman. He's a drafting architect. He's a draftsman. And we love that for him. He's definitely an architect. And also, I will say his office is giving Ikea showroom. It is. <laughs> well, it's 2003. Ikea is so Ikea hot. Ikea showroom. It is so hot at that time. Yeah. Sizzling. It is literally like his entire place is like straight out of an Ikea catalog. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the decor and it's love so actually is. It's so gray. Yeah. And although I will say Colin Firth's house is not at all out of an Ikea catalog. No, because it definitely is an abandoned shack in the south of France No, or I'm wherever. talking about his place in London. Oh, yes. Okay. But also his his little house in Portugal is pretty good. Yeah, it's good. I was looking at the wall, like, paper in the background. It's crumbling this time. Or It is crumbling. Well, I think that's the vibe. It is the vibe, but uh, in he practicality, said, I go drafty. to a crumbling home in yeah. Portugal every Christmas because I hate people. My And brother, I just want to write and be sad. My brother slept with with my girlfriend and this is what I deserve a crumbling shack around well, me. I think he goes every year oh I think does he yeah because she says this year you bring lady guest oh okay and yes. he says no no lady guest <laughs> uh, and he says I think you're not surprised yep <laughs> <laughs> and I was like wow to have this relationship with someone who you rent a house from <laughs> wild this- every year she's shaming you for being single at Christmas <laughs> That is, that is bitchy. She said, look, let me pimp you out to this little Portuguese girl. <laughs> look how hot this girl is. Yeah, we, she is, to be fair, We brought her hot. here. <laughs> she is hot. She is hot. My favorite line to quote from Love Actually in perpetuity uh-huh. is and will be, just in cases. Just in cases. You learned English? Just in cases. I love her. I love her. <laughs> I love her so much. She said, I don't need to know you to love you. It must be the prawn. When he's learning Portuguese and he learns how to say, uh, my stomach is upset, it must be the prawns. I love that. That's how many times you think he's saying that in Portuguese? Honestly. <laughs> I, it, it, like, that's such a specific scenario <laughs> to need to discuss. You are now three for three. Here okay. we go, number four. Oh, there's four? Okay. There's four and then a bonus question. Sorry. Four is difficult. I don't know. Okay. Okay. What item does Christina not bring to the sleepover at Sarah's house? Oh, no. Ready? One, A, eye cream. B, moisturizer. C, toner. D, face wash. Face wash. (gasps) Incorrect. It's eye cream. Eye cream? I don't even use eye cream. Yeah, exactly. You don't bring it. Oh. It's what is not brought. You brought I, everything except I, I, I was reading this as something I forgot. Oh, sorry. I didn't write this question well. Wow, you suck. Yeah. Uh, I do actually use eye cream now. These are retinol eye cream because wow. I'm old. I'm impressed. That's good. <laughs> take take cues from me, children. Have you, does it, do you do the whole thing? Like, it's I purged it, I and I pat it in. Well, it doesn't really purge under your eyes. Oh, that's good. What's there to purge? I don't know. 
<laughs> the trauma? My eyes are clean. <laughs> the things I've seen? I don't know. Yeah, but it's not it's not that strong, obviously, because it's, it's also like, by your eyes. It's like super low. I love um, that. But yeah, it's good for wrinkles, but. Good to know. Supposedly. Well, we'll see. If I'll- in 20 years, around my eyes looks really good, it's the retinol eye cream. Something that hasn't changed in five years, your dedication to skincare. That's very true. Yeah, I love it. And that. I've been th- on a skincare journey over we the past have. five years. That's so true. We have both have. You had it's a barrier been, repair issue. We've been on a roller coaster, exactly. Yeah. My you know barrier, damaged. Why I said face wash? What? Because I very clearly remember using your milky jelly cleanser oh, from yeah. Glossier one mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. at your house. So that that was a that was an occurrence, but in this specific episode, you brought face wash yeah. and moisturizer. I was so impressed. That is impressive, honestly. <laughs> I was so with it. You were. Okay, the bonus question is about something I said. <gasps> There's a bonus question? And okay. here's the bonus question. Okay. okay. I'm going to say you got 100%. Yeah, I'm doing great. You're doing great. So this is for bonus points, right? Okay. What does Sarah, I said in parentheses, me, call <laughs> Prime Minister David, a.k.a. Hugh Grant? Uh-huh. Okay, A, lumpy bones. B, the villain in Paddington. C, skinny wiggles. <laughs> or D, Hottie McCotterson. Ooh, I want to say, I feel like you definitely would say Hottie McCotterson, but I also feel like you would call him the villain, pa- villain in Paddington. I'm going to go with Hottie McHotterson. Correct. Oh, nice. Correct. But you have definitely referred to someone as the villain in Paddington. He is the he is a villain in Paddington. Is he? But I think I think he, it happens in a different episode. Oh, that's so funny. But I okay. do call him Hottie McHotterson because it's true. It's true. He looks so Although cute. Although I will say watching this again mm-hmm. 20 years later. Yeah. I still, I was looking at him and thinking, God, you're very weathered in this movie. I thought the same thing. Very weathered. I was like, and it's for 2003. 2003. I thought the same thing. And then the second thought I had was, uh-huh. he's a little more weathered than I thought he was in this movie. Second thought, wow, how crazy. 20th anniversary, Hugh Grant is here yeah. coming out with a different Christmas movie. Oompa as an Oompa Loompa. And he hated it, apparently. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I. Who wouldn't? Yeah, apparently he was really not pleased who would want to be an oompa loompa to timothy chalamet not me not that's a nightmare scenario i know but i guess he was maybe he was just in it for the money yeah but it's like they say about him with the dancing scene in love actually he hated doing that yeah which is hilarious because he was so good at it i think and it is one of the best scenes in the movie he hates everything. He hates fun, I think. He's a grumpy old man. He only likes getting blowjobs from hookers. And you know what? <laughs> I think that he's paying for that as an Oompa Loompa, you know? <laughs> I think he is. I think that. Feels like his karma. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, yeah. Hugh. Sorry, Hugh. What goes Hugh. around comes around, yeah. kind of. Not You're, really. Yeah. I don't know, but. He's still, still doing pretty well. Yeah, he's still doing great. I but mean, he is going to be an Oompa Loompa forevermore. Yeah. I mean, he is doing kids' movies a lot more than he's doing rom-coms, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, he's very weathered now. <laughs> he's old as hell. Now, yeah, now he's going to start doing uh, Meryl Streep rom-coms, the like I would Nancy watch that. Myers ones. I would watch him and Meryl Streep fall in love. Yeah, right? And yeah. it's like kind of a scandal <gasps> because you know he's younger. I would younger? love to fall in love with Meryl Streep? Who? Idris Elba. <gasps> hot. Right? Hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, And hot. he's a lot younger than her, I think. And it kind of, kind but it of would is work. the vibe in 10,000 Years of Longing or whatever. I haven't seen that. Well, he hooks up with Tilda Swinton. They <gasps> fall in love. Oh, yeah. boy. And it is... Jo- he that- isn't... 
He is a genie, first and foremost. Whoa. Yeah, it was weird. And he does fall in love with Tilda Swinton. How did they greenlight that movie? Just from what I'm hearing right now, it's I'm not sa- sold. Oh, and also, it's the same guy who made Mad Max. So put Ooh, all of that Fury in your brain. Road? Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I did fuck? watch it on an airplane, and I felt I was 100% sober. I felt high. Wow. Yeah. Congrats on getting 100% plus your bonus question. Oh, thank you. No problem. I feel like a winner. You are a winner. Thank you. <laughs> you have won the being the winner of this episode thank you You that's a good prize you are the winner of love actually revisited yes i am and open your gills (laughs) and maybe even invest in an architect's desk i want a standing desk so badly so that feels like an architect architect's desk to me it's kind of hard to say isn't it architect's desk i'm not gonna do it again i don't want to jinx myself like that yeah um uh anyways dear listeners thank you so much we have solicited your holiday stories of romance yeah akin to the storylines of love actually if you hear a little dog in the background there's a little dog in the house yeah but it's actually she's not little it's actually a big dog. She's a big dog, but she keeps she comes in periodically to say hi. And she has a little voice. And a lot of... <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry. So neither of us have uh, any breathing problems. That is a dog. Don't worry. <laughs> could be Sarah, honestly. <laughs> Based on the history of this podcast, you it know could me. be Sarah. You know me. I'm a heavy breather. <laughs> She's like this. Yep. Sometimes I just can't breathe through my nose. I think I, I'm like a pug, you know? You are kind of like a pug in that way. It's just my nostrils are so large and wide that the second they become clogged, I can't breathe through them anymore. That's and, fair. You know? It's hard to breathe through your nose. I'm just like a little doggy. Yeah. Anyways, dear listeners, we have solicited your holiday stories of love and romance and drama. And drama. And we are so excited to share them with you. Yes, we are. So big shout out to our first story of the Christmas Love Actually storyline revisited. <laughs> Alicia. Alicia. Let's hear it. Thank you for sending us this. Uh, one, you're an icon. Two, you're a legend. Three, you're my one true love. Ooh, that's good. Rumor has it all the rom-coms you've loved before are searching for romantic Christmas stories. Well, buckle yourselves in, girls, because I've got one for you. Um, so let's let's do a bit of scene setting, okay? Let's go from the beginning. Picture this. It's 2013, right? I've got a BlackBerry mobile phone. I've got an iPod Touch. I'm still playing Flappy Bird. I'm obsessed, obsessed with Twilight, and I still am. I am 16 years old. I'm in year 10 at school in the UK, which I think is the same as ninth grade or freshman year in the States. Please confirm. Um, But anyway, I've just enrolled into the local RAF military cadet force, 124 Squadron until I die. And I meet this boy there and we end up doing a bunch of sports together. We spend a lot of time together being carted about the country doing all these different sports and competitions and stuff so we spend a lot of time together in the back of a car of some poor person who's had to listen to us talking for like hours um things escalated we spent a lot of time together and he asked me to go on a date but before we even get into that there is like a pre-story story if you want to hear it i'll t- i'm gonna tell you anyway you're gonna hear it um so we went to see the hobbit right we went to the cinema and i was gassed i was 
aghast that this boy that I'd fancied, that I'd spent so much time with at these sports competitions and at cadets, he'd asked me to go to the cinema, okay? So we went to see The Hobbit. Nothing happened when we were there at the cinema, when we were watching it. And as a 16-year-old, I was on edge the entire film, literally sweating that he was going to try and hold my hand or god forbid touch my leg or something i don't know i was stressed anxiety i barely watched the film um hobbit's a great film by the way but i definitely didn't take it in at that time um and then we came out of the cinema and we were stood in front of the steps and we were about to say our goodbyes and we were about to part ways and usually at the end of the date you'd expect some sort of sign of affection if the date went well you'd expect a hug perhaps as a 16 year old that was like the best that i could have got from the end of that date um i didn't get a hug i i i went in for a hug okay i i thought it'd gone well i was like oh yeah oh we'll go in for a hug um and he presented me with a clenched fist okay he wanted to knuckle pump me we had to pause. Knuckle pump. Knuckle pump. Knuckle pump. A fist bump post Hobbit? Bastard. After seeing Mark Freeman scamper around for Murders on the brain. Two and a half hours? Also a love a love actually tie-in. Yeah, tie-in. Mark sure. Freeman brings brings everyone together. He brings nakedness to the cinema. But how devastating. Devastating. The throes of teenage love. I cannot believe he did that. What a little shit. Oh my God. We're going to beat his ass. No, just kidding. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Just imagine. Imagine I went in for a hug and he holds his arm out to fucking knuckle punch me. I was like, are you serious? What the fuck? Um, And that story has never been forgotten ever since um, he did that. Um, We were chatting afterwards um via facebook or whatever you used to chat on um and he was like oh yeah i thought it was just a friends thing i thought we were just going as mates i was like boys are, boys are dumb boys are so dumb um and i think he felt kind of bad so he asked me to go for a coffee after and this is where the christmas story comes in okay so the Christmas story starts, well, it was in December, I think. It was like in the middle of December. Um, and the first thing I want to tell you about is my Christmas outfit. So I'm wearing this matching set knitted cardigan and skirt. It's burgundy. It's from Primark. Um, and it's got this like really cute like christmas scene at the top of the cardigan so it has like wintry snowflakes there's little reindeer dotted all around it on the top and it was so itchy literally the itchiest item of clothing you can imagine but it was a sleigh so it didn't matter it was a matching piece and um i thought i looked like fire so i wore it um anyway before he rec- like said, let's go on this coffee date, obviously I've done what uh, every normal person does and I stalked him on social media. And he was quite active on Twitter at the time. Um, so he, he put out this tweet that said, coffee is life. Like, he, this guy is 
and he still is obsessed with coffee. So naturally, I was like, fuck, I need to make sure I know I know coffee and I need to I need to be into coffee and love coffee too. <coughs> so we ended up going to Cafe Nero um, in town. Um, and I was wearing this little sleigh two-piece. Um, can't remember what he was wearing. Don't know if that says a lot. But um, anyway, we walked up to um, the counter. He went first. Um, actually, no, I think I went first. I went first. Um, so he must have been behind me. Um, and I had this thing in my head that I had to like coffee. So I was trying to act all cool. I didn't know the first thing about coffee. I was looking at the um, menu behind the counter. um, And before I knew it, the lady was like, what can I get for you? Um, And I was reading the board and it obviously said like cappuccino, Americano, mocha, espresso. Um, And these were all words that were completely foreign to me. I didn't know the difference between any of them. Um, and being me, being a 16-year-old and being a tight little bitch, I was like, oh, I'll just get the one that's the cheapest. So you know which one was the cheapest. It was an espresso. So I said, oh, I'll have I'll have an espresso, please. And this lady at the counter, she really stretched out and gave me an opportunity to change my decision. And she was like, she looked at me and she was like, are you sure? You could tell behind her eyes. She knew I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. Um, and I, I just acted all confident. I was like, yeah, I'll have an espresso. Um, I'm sure Jordan must have been behind me like, what is she doing? Um, and yeah, so I picked up my little espresso which is in the tiniest little glass um and we sat down and Jordan ordered a large cappuccino so he basically had like a bucket of coffee and I had like a shot glass worth um and I put so much sugar in it I literally tried to put like I put one teaspoon of sugar in it and I just I couldn't do it I was sipping it like taking the tiniest little sips and he didn't really notice he he was kind of just like oh what what have you got and I was like oh yeah an espresso I was like, obviously I've got an espresso can't you tell um and yeah he didn't he was just like all right and then we had we just entered into a conversation um so I was I was sat there sipping my espresso for probably like two hours whilst he had his cappuccino which lasted the whole day. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit embarrassing. Um, I do feel like he just, he didn't even notice and he just went along with it. He either thought I was a bit weird or he thought I was, like, really mature and really into coffee too. Anyway, the illusion um, really won because 10 years later, we are still together. And um, following on from that, coffee date in the middle of December we then met up again the day after Boxing Day um, 
and I'm pretty sure there was snow around as well. And we went for this really, really cute walk um, in Hereford near the city centre. Um, and it's such a nice walk. We went over the Victoria Bridge, which, which is like this really nice, well, it's Victorian. Um, it's like a footbridge that's all white and it's it's just really pretty. Um, it goes over the River Wye in Hereford. Um, and we got to the edge of the bridge, um, and we weren't like together at this point or anything. Um, and we, we got to the end of the bridge and he, he turned around and I was like, shit, what's it gonna say? I know it's coming. Um, and he, he was like, oh, there's something, there's something I need to ask you. And I was like, shit, he's gonna ask me out. We're gonna be girlfriend and boyfriend. Um, and then he just kind of like fumbled his words. I think he was really nervous. Um, obviously we were 16, so it was the first time anything like this had really properly happened. Um, and then we just, it, whilst he was fumbling, we just kissed instead. We just had this really romantic, um, kind of a little bit too hard of a kiss for 16 year olds the first kiss it was it was passionate that's what i'll call it it was passionate um uh, we probably haven't kissed like that in a long time um but yeah and the rest is history so it's our 10 year anniversary on the 27th of december so that is my cringy awkward teenage romantic love story with my the love of my life jordan evans i hope you enjoy oh i'm obsessed 10 out of 10 no notes that was so good i'm blushing the same as probably as burgundy as your two-piece suit i can't get over the knit skirt that's so cute the fact that it's like a matching a matching set it's a matching set and the knit skirt, and I can only imagine like the the snowy little. Honestly, I loved that. I first of all cannot believe he fucking fist pumped you. How dare he? Whatever you said, knuckle pumped. How dare he? I love that. Also, the Hobbit. I love. That's what I was gonna say. Martin Freeman bringing yeah. people together. My Hobbit story yeah. is that my dad took me to see it after I got broken up with. Oh, my God. Also yeah. around Christmas around time? Around Christmas time. That's a story of Christmas mm-hmm. drama. Oh, yes, it is. A Christmas breakup. Wow. Yeah, it was a Christmas breakup. Uh, my boyfriend of the time, who I'm pretty convinced cheated on me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> because we were Well, now like, I have two enemies we to were beat like up. 18, 19 years old. <laughs> and like he definitely wanted to break up with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am too busy with finals. Mm-hmm. I will not be seeing you till next week. Sure. So I'm pretty sure he was just like, well, wild and out. Yeah. Wow. You know, good for him. Good for him. But uh, different story of very teenage rude. drama. Very rude. I love a teenage uh, story. But yeah, of my dad took me to secretly go see The Hobbit. We were supposed to wait and see it with both my sisters. Uh huh. Um, so he took me. He goes, "Do you want to go see The Hobbit?" Because he was trying to make me feel better because I was really sad and I was just sitting at the table doing a puzzle for hours. And um, <laughs> so he took me to see The Hobbit. And loved it, whatever. And then I come to find out years later, because later that December, whatever, me, Sydney, Sophie, and my dad all went to go see The Hobbit. My dad slept through the whole movie. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I know we've only seen it. We've seen it together. Yeah. But like, really? (laughs) Dad, such a dad thing to do. 
Then I um, find out years later that he had secretly taken each one of us separately to go see The Hobbit. And it, it was a secret each time with each daughter. And I was like, how freaking cute is that? That's so sweet. That's why he slept through it. He slept through it. He said, I've seen this three times. I don't need to see it a fourth. <laughs> he spent 12 hours watching The Hobbit. Spent- That's a long ass movie. And he, the fact that he took each one of us that like for so different sweet. reasons, he was like, well, we'll go see The Hobbit. That'll make her feel better. And God. I was like, you know what? You're right. It did make me feel better. And love I love act- you for that. I love actually revisited it. It's becoming the Dave podcast so quickly. It is actually the Dave appreciation post. Yeah. Um, I was literally thinking about this the other day and I almost started crying that is so sweet <laughs> I was like god my dad's the best oh my god I love that different it's story so of nice love. different story of love Christmas love I love that Christmas love love actually is all around all around <laughs> I'm feeling it in my fingers and my toes right now love actually is a story about what love actually is oh, that's so true <laughs> well Alicia thank you so much for sharing thank you so your much. story and your little voice oh you you're so cute are, we love you we're obsessed with you you could be another storyline if they ever made Love Actually 2. Oh my God. I'm, call him up. And I will say, Richard Alicia, Curtis, get him on the phone. Alicia did send us pictures of one, a reference for her sweater set. Okay. And two pictures of the Victoria Bridge. And I do have to say, lovely. It's going on the gram. Bloody lovely. Going some on the might gram, say. Alicia. Oh, wow. Finally, going on the gram. Finally going to post. I love this. We're going to put it on the post. We're going to put it on the grid. Amazing. Great story. Where, where are we going story. next in this episode, Sarah? Now what I have, and you can contribute to this section too, because I only wrote down things that I was thinking of during my rewatch of Love Actually, obviously. Okay. I would like to ask some hot questions. Oh, okay. Let's open up the floor to debate a little here. Hot questions. Let's do it. All right. Hot question number one. You can do wrong answers only if you want. <laughs> okay. What movie? Could Jack and Judy possibly be filming? That is honestly something I have thought about so much. Okay, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I don't have an answer. Bridgerton season four. Yes. <laughs> They're all old. They, yeah, they were definitely filming something for Shonda. Yeah, Shonda, absolutely. It was a Shonda production. <laughs> it was a Shonda production. It's definitely something that has an absurd amount of sex scenes. Right. And it's obviously not like porn. Because yes. if it was porn, they would actually be doing it. And we had this conversation in our first Did episode. We? Yes. And here's how it went. Okay. I said, are they stand-ins for porn? And Michael laughed at me. And he <gasps> said, they don't have stand-ins for porn. They would just be filming porn. That's a good point. And I said, oh, that's true. <laughs> and that's what that conversation happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, I mean... Hilarious that he also brings up seven years in Tibet. <laughs> sure. Also, were you the stand-in for Brad Pitt? Okay. They might be the same height. Yeah, but not the same body type. No, but I think they're both little boys. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, you know what it is? You know what the movie probably is? Yeah. Let's hear it. It's probably that, that um, The Voyeurs. The Voyeur. Have you heard of that movie? No. It has the guy from, uh, what was the movie with not Zoe Deutsch, Haley Lee Richardson. Okay. And the guy who you did not think was hot. The British guy. Yes. Okay. With, who's. He has like that. Fa- he was in the East Ender- East yes. Enders. Yeah. Yeah. He did this slutty movie Ooh. with Sydney Sweeney, Ooh. and they fuck in it, and it's very intense. Well, adding that to the watch, it's list. honestly shocking. That is shocking. It's like a horror kind of kind of a horror. It's like a thriller. Okay, a horror movie where they have sex and it's that horny. They're, well, the whole like premise is like this couple, Sydney Sweeney and her, I don't know, partner, um, 
they like move into a new place and they uh. start like watching this guy have sex with people. Oh, all right. Because <laughs> like his windows are always open okay. and he's like a photographer. Okay. And then she goes over there at one point in time. Oh, that is and it's drama. V- it's very intense. Well, that is not love actually at all, but I love to hear about it. No, but I'm like, maybe that's what they were standing in for. <laughs> maybe that is. Maybe that's I don't what know. they're standing what's, in for. What's your movie? Other than Bridgerton season four, yeah. where they're all uh, middle-aged or older. <laughs> Um, Would we not, call them middle-aged? No, you're right. They're like clearly in their like late 20s, 30s, probably. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe not that. But, you know, definitely not the age demographic that this Bridgerton has been. Other than the older lady storyline. Are we going to get that? Yeah. Solidified? Yeah, maybe. I think they're maybe doing a period. I want to say a period piece, but. Yeah, it does kind of feel like a period piece. Yeah, but- right. A really dirty one. A really horny one, but that's what makes period pieces so exciting. I mean, they're doing sex scenes for weeks. <laughs> Stand, just lowering and, and raising the nipples for weeks. Yeah. And she's just like holding his hips and fake sucking that D. Yeah, all different poses. For weeks. So Five they weeks. literally were covering like the entire Kama Sutra. Yeah. So what could they possibly have been filming? I don't know. No idea. Okay. Well, Something that Colin, God of Sex, would watch. <laughs> Absolutely. With the big knob? Yes. Big. And he's got a big knob. Perfect. That was exactly what I was hoping you would do. <laughs> I am Colin, God of Sex. Okay. Here's a inspired by the scene in which they are at the wedding in the first part of the movie. Okay. And Laura Linney is sitting next to Rick from Walking Dead. Yes, that bastard. And they both agree it's the worst DJ in the world. Mm-hmm. This question is inspired by that scene. What is the worst song that could possibly play at a wedding? Other than Puppy Love? Puppy Love is horrible. (laughs) But I was also thinking there has to be worse, right? Ooh. Okay. Shocking that Puppy Love is not on the official Love Actually soundtrack also. I'll just say that. I think that was the right decision. You know what is, though? What? The trouble with love is... I know, because I own that CD. And Kelly Clarkson... A queen. It doesn't care how fast you fall. That makes me, that song, honestly, I've seen Love Actually so many times. I think of that song as a Christmas song at the Same. Point. The entire album. Yeah. Any of those songs are Christmas songs. We yeah. actually, at my parents' house, will put that in the CD player, and that's our Christmas album. I love that. That that Dido song that he's- <laughs> Dido? Dido. I always said Dido. Dido. I don't know. I think Dido is correct. But when sure. he's walking down the sidewalk in a... Oh, I am what I am. Yep. <laughs> I, listen- I do what I want. I listened to that on the drive to your house today. <laughs> I can't find and zip. I won't go. Or whatever the words are. I yes. I sleep. was looking at that turtleneck, that zippered turtleneck, which uh-huh. you know is one of my favorite in the whole movie. Yes. And uh, I think two out of the four panels on it are suede. Fake suede. Wow. That is textile pairing. <laughs> I don't even know I what I was to say. thinking, like, I wonder where that sweater is today. I Do we think it's in a landfill or do we think that someone burnt? someone owns it somewhere? Ashes? I imagine that no one owns it. It is I feel like it might it's like a piece of history though. Yeah, but you know how Y2K doesn't necessarily catch on with men as much as it does with women as far as that that's, trend coming yeah, that's back. That's true, that's true. The only Y2K trend that comes back for men as far as I've seen is like Janko jeans and like those crazy sunglasses that Colin wears. Those are crazy. Yeah. So I I have not seen that turtleneck come back yet. When it does, if it does, then we'll have a conversation of where that sweater is. If you're a costume designer and you know where that sweater is, let me know. Help us find it. eBay? 
<laughs> internet detectives, armchair experts. Sorry, the sound of me sipping that was really gross. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, I want to know. Worst song at a wedding. You want to go first? Have you I thought about this? I, I have thought about this. I think it's Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't think of a worse but song. But I feel like that's so, like, that happens. But it happens, and that's why it's so bad. That's why it's so scary. And I don't See, even... could be Don't Stop Believing by Journey. You know what? I don't know if I hate that as much as I hate Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, I think I'd be really pissed if someone played the Cotton Eye Joe at it's my wedding. It's horrible. And... It's just oh, such a staple for some reason. Yeah, well, we were forced to do it in elementary school. And I think maybe I have trauma from that. And that's in why gym think, class. Yeah. And why? That why? and the cha-cha slide. Oh, yeah, and it's electric. Yeah. Woogie, woogie, woogie. I, I hate it. I can't do it. I mean, I can't do it, but I don't like it. I'm trying to think Was what I mine... Was burning calories? I feel like mine would be something... Like death metal. Okay. It would be like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah, that's not romantic for a wedding. Death metal or like anything by Olivia Rodrigo. Also not a good vibe like to have at a wedding. Like fucker. Imagine yeah. that. Deja vu <laughs> at a wedding. That's saying, Weird. That, that's saying that the bride and groom cheat on each other. Something right? like sad and teen angsty. Yeah, that's not appropriate. Yeah. The one where she's like, where the song is kind of screamy. Mm-hmm. That one would be bad for me. I recently heard like a G6 at a wedding. <laughs> and I didn't know whether I thought it was the worst or the best, actually. I think it, that's great. Because it's kind of unique, right? Well. Yeah, it's and memorable. It, was, it was such a period of time. It was a period of time. That's exactly how I would describe it. It was yeah. a period of time. Like a G6. <laughs> wow. Okay, next question. Yeah. This one is going to be really controversial. Okay. It involves, okay, obviously one of the storylines, Alan Rickman mm-hmm. cheats on his beautiful, beautiful wife, Emma Thompson. That dirty bastard. With Mia. And my question is, is Mia actually that hot? No. Thank you. No. She's hot naked? You know what I'll say? That haircut does not serve her. It, the haircut does not serve her? It does her? not serve her. And I was thinking it's a little unhinged for her to be wearing devil's horns at a okay. Christmas party. So I was looking at the devil's horns yes. this time, this okay. rewatch. Yes. And I thought, hang on. Are those Christmas trees? No. Are they? I looked a little closer. Yeah. Pause. Zoomed. They are kind of like Christmas trees, but they're kind of then why curved are they forward. Too? I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell because at first I was like, oh, those are Christmas trees. And I just never noticed it. I thought yeah. they were like the bottle brush ones. Uh-huh. And then I was like, no, they're not bottle brush. They're like fabric with like red sequins. Yeah. But then are they were they already curved or did she curve them herself that's what I was, and it's just like also no one else is wearing any sort of festive headgear it's so weird no, and like it's like if people were wearing santa hats yeah. elf hats and yeah. she came in wearing those i would be like oh i okay. see what you're doing there mm-hmm. uh-huh but it also, felt a little too on the nose that she's the devil i will also say that that dress is not something you wear to a work christmas party i agree you I wear agree. something that Pavarotti once owned. <laughs> something breathable. Literally, what are you doing? That fucking polyester piece of crap. If you're telling me the trouble of the trouble with love is gonna play, and you're wearing devil's horns, I'm just saying. And a polyester red dress. Disappointing. No. Disappointing. 
that looks like it was from fucking Fashion Nova. I agree. I don't think Mia is hot enough to warrant ruining a, a multiple, almost a decade-long relationship with your wife, of the mother of two of your children. Also, we recently discussed this. I don't know if this episode is actually out yet, but we recently discussed frog face or rat face. Okay. She's frog face. Yes. And it's all I could think about. I agree. We have, dis- this is an episode that has been unreleased, but the question is. You will get it next week, I think. You will get it. This is a precursor to that. Yeah. Um. Yes, there is every single person on earth has either rat face or frog face. Yes. The TLDR of that mm-hmm. is that everyone has rat face or frog face. She does have ro- frog face. Absolutely. Very it's much those so. Eyes. And, and Alan Rickman, rat face. Yes, Absolutely. And he's such a good villain. He is such a good villain. He's such a good villain. I fucking love him. A classic fool. A classic fool. And One it, of my favorite lines. It, the line that she says, where she says, but you've made the life I lead foolish. <gasps> that Ooh, to I me, got chills. Yep. That to me, I, that's that's the line. You've made the life I lead foolish because too. It's so and she's true. crying. It's so yeah, true. Because she's a stay-at-home mom and you ruined everything you and it's just like he spent two hundred dollars on one of the ugliest fucking necklaces I've ever seen. Also, men don't have taste. Here is one of my hot takes. Yeah, here, let's hear it. I said this when I was watching this with my parents recently. Okay, and I was shamed oh. for it. All right, then I really want to hear it. I said, if you're gonna cheat, you should just buy two of the same necklace and give one to your wife and give one to your mistress yeah actually i agree with that and i was shamed for that opinion but i thought why are you so dumb the thing is one base level you should not cheat right yes but that for me that goes without saying to cheat be smart about it don't be fucking stupid don't be fucking buy two necklaces yeah fuck around and find out literally how fucking hard is it to buy your wife a new necklace that's exactly it. And then also, you already it would all store. be on, I sound like such a, this is why I was shamed for it, because I sound like a scammer. But then it would all be on one transaction. Yes. And you would just think that the necklace was like 500, 600 pounds. Yes. When really it was 270 and you bought two of them or he whatever. He was a fucking idiot. He was so dumb. He left it in his pocket, which his <sighs> wife immediately grabbed his jacket. He is so dumb. You are if so you're going to cheat, do be smart. But yeah. men are stupid. They're stupid and, and they're so bad. They want to get found out. They, they do. want to get they found do. out. They That's want the, the drama. But then, you know, the thing is, they're still together at the end of the movie. Alan Rickman wanted the smoke around the children's Christmas nativity pageant, though. I hate him for that. He will never be forgiven. But the question is, okay, here's another hot question. I'm just okay. coming up with it on the fly. Okay. Which is worse, Alan Rickman's storyline or... Kira Knightley's storyline. Obviously, Kira Knightley's is worse. Right. I absolutely. I was thinking about this. Yes. While I was watching. Uh-huh. And I was like, the thing that makes this so bad mm-hmm. is that one, they never talk. Yes. Two, Shitty Peter plans out this whole fucking thing. He makes those cards. Yep. And he brings it over with his little fucking boom box yep. that he had to put batteries in. Yep. Like, you can't just plug it in at that point. This is 2003. You have to put those big D batteries in that boombox. Correct. So you can take it to your best friend's house to try to tell his wife that you're in love with her, who, someone who you never speak to. Yep. Literally, you just like the way she looks, and you're a cunt. Um, Stalker. I hate him so fucking much. And he he puts all of this time and effort mm-hmm. into this. Yes. What if he had answered the door? 
I know. That's ex- that's a really good point. Like, are you stupid? Yes. What do you do? What do you do if your best friend answered the door instead? It's oh. late at night. <laughs> Let me just, uh, I actually, uh, you want to come in for a drink? Oh, sure. What are yeah. all these poster boards? What? Do you need help with a science project? Uh, I'm just taking them to someone's house later. What? He's a fucking bitch for that. I hate him. And I also fucking hate that Kira Knightley kisses him. It's disgusting. She is an 18-year-old in this movie. That's true. She I is will literally have every, a child. She is literally an 18-year-old. I think she's clearly supposed to play older. But yeah, like, she is, but she's actually 18. She is literally or 18. Or 19, something like that. No, she's actually 18. She's 18? Yes. And also, she runs after him. They, yeah. The question to me is, because Richard Curtis tested this with his female writers or whatever uh-huh. like co-workers and he says what is the least cringy option of like this situation like and they settled on this one but they had to say no to so many other things i can only imagine what kind of crap that man came up came up there's with no way that was romantic in At 2003 we right we know that richard uh curtis, curtis. <laughs> trying to say Burton. <laughs> Richard Curtis would be bad at cheating. At least we know that. Yep, I I agree. There's no way that At least that we know we'd be really che- good at it. <laughs> <laughs> we would be really good at it because we love to plan. We love to lie. It's just also this guy, Peter, he also, his personality trait is that for some reason he loves surprises, mm. which is like also, I don't know, is that a red flag to you? Know your audience. Know your audience. Know your audience. Because he does get the Brazilian sex workers for the bachelorette party. Sorry. What? What is it called in England? That's It's not a bachelorette party. Hindu or uh, the... the- Stag, stag stag night. night. Yeah, for their stag night, he gets the Brazilians. Mm-hmm. And then at the wedding, it's a beautiful scene. But I was thinking about it. They had to have known all those people were not invited to their wedding when they start playing the band. I guess you're not really looking at people when you're walking down the That's aisle. That's a good point. You're, you're looking, looking at, at her feathers. Oh, her feathers. I honestly love the feathers. It's a look. It's come back. <laughs> I a love winter the wedding. Yeah. I also love the idea of a winter wedding, as you know. As we know. As we, we found out. This. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's that episode up. has not released yet. But we do love the, <laughs> just as a prequel to that as well, we do love the idea of a winter wedding. Yeah, Absolutely, we yes. do. We do. We do. We do. Mm-hmm. Off season. But I also just think it is a weird thing to do for your best friend. It's not like it, it would make sense if whatever Peter's best friend's name is, uh, Kira Knightley's husband. Yeah. If he had done that for Kira Knightley. Yes. It is weird for your best friend to do that for you both. Right. Yeah, a best friend. Get a quit couple's massage to, for them or something. Quit trying to control the wedding. Yes. Peter. Yes. That, like, that had it's toxic over, mother-in-law it is energy. O- yes. It is overstepping so much. Yes. Like he, the thing about like men, like mm-hmm. male friends, they know nothing about each other. Yes. They like barely know each other. It's And they're like, yeah, we've been friends for 10 years. And yeah. I'm like, have you though? What's their favorite color? Literally, Where do they like to eat? Do you know anything about them? Surprises every single time. It's crazy. It is crazy. That is correct. That so is the correct weird. take. Um, it's just yeah. I, but if I compare the two storylines between Peter and Juliet and Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman, I think yeah, I agree. I think Peter and Juliet is worse. Mm-hmm. But justice for Emma. Emma Thompson. Yeah, and Justice. obviously, like, cheating after, you know, that many years and that yeah. many kids and yeah. stuff. Terrible. Around the holidays. Let us be clear. These are both bad. Both bad. And she also warns him. 
Which makes it extra bad. That is exactly it. She says, be careful there. Yep. She's like, I fuck, I'm fucking on to you. Yes. It's so true. Yeah. And that's what even makes it almost worse is that she kind of knows it's coming. Yeah. And like, there's nothing she can really do. She like asked him not to do it and he did it anyway. Yeah. So maybe theirs is worse, but I think I just hate the other storyline more because it feels so vapid. Yeah. I think that feels like such a shallow storyline. It's so shallow. And it's like it's I think it's one of those things where they try and made it. They tried to make it romantic and it is not romantic. It is not romantic. It's like, okay, someone showing up on your doorstep Christmas Eve and you're single Mm -hmm. and like they've been loving you from afar. Okay, Yeah. She just got married, bitch. Yeah. She just got married. To your best friend. And she's on your shit. She came over to your house. Yeah. She was like, I know we've never been friends, but I'd love to be your friend. Which is also so tragic about the whole situation. And I'll also say, I think the most annoying part of this is if he was a little bit smarter, he literally, when she was on the phone, he could have just been like, oh, I did get a shot of you coming in the church. Yeah. And he could have gotten that shot, put it on another tape, or... Just wiped everything else off the tape yep. and given her that. Because she literally said, all I want is a shot of me in a wed- wedding dress that isn't all blue and wibbly. And so you could have just done that and fucking saved yourself the time, the trouble, and like all this bullshit. But he wanted it. He wanted this to happen. He wanted to betray his best friend. Why does he also make that video? It's weird. Why? It's so and he weird. Has it, how in his living room? It is so weird to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to video your wedding and then never take a video of your best friend. OK, here's the thing. <laughs> oh. I uh, recently, because, you know, I have a Super 8 camera. Yeah. I recently got film footage back from a wedding I went to in July. <laughs> and I almost exclusively filmed my best friend. Yeah, see, that makes sense. <laughs> well, who was the bride? Your best friend. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you're but not going to But I have kind of a like... funny uh, opposite situation in yeah. which I don't have a lot of footage of the groom. Well, the groom's not that important at a wedding. And you know what? Hot take from my perspective, men should wear makeup on their wedding day. Oh, God, I agree. Because some of them... Look better. And you're getting photographed the whole fucking day. No one needs to see your greasy ass. No one needs to see your neck acne. (laughs) No one needs to see, like... Literally, like, you can't rely on everyone to edit it out. We know you were out drinking the whole night. Your under-eye bags look terrible. Put some fucking concealer on. That's all I'm saying. A little bit of concealer. A little little color corrector. Yep. (laughs) Color corrector. That's all you need. I'm not saying put fucking mascara on. Yeah. I'm not saying put on... Although it wouldn't hurt. Put a fucking chapstick on. (laughs) A little aquaphor goes a long way. You'd be so shocked. How much like having just lips that don't look like they're going to fall off your face yeah. does for you. Imagine scratching your wife at the altar. You're trying to exfoliate with your her? chapped ass lips. Disgusting. I'm just saying men need a little makeup on their wedding yeah. day. So that's, like that's I can understand almost exclusively recording the bride when the bride is your best friend. Yeah. But also it's weird. F- to go to your best friend's wedding and almost exclusively film the other person. Yep, it's weird. And also, what was he going to do with that? Jack off? That's what I'm saying. He has to be jerking That's off That's so that. weird to That's jerk gross. off to your best friend's wife Ugh, video God. of the wedding. That's a voyeur. Like, ooh. Yeah, well, and <laughs> one of my favorite fun facts about this movie is that uh-huh. in that scene when she is pulling out the video saying, Peter and Juliet's wedding, do you think we're on, to the, right, on the right track mm-hmm. or whatever? Rear window is right there. <laughs> Rear window is the video on the end of the stack. He's and I'm like, so yeah, because he's a fucking creepy ass little perv. He is 
so gross. I hate him. We hate him. He's, that has not changed in the past five years. And it never will. And it never will, I think. <laughs> I think bastard. it just gets worse with time. I think also, like, what is none of these? Okay. The most normal relationship in this movie is the naked couple. Yes. They're the most normal people Meet in this movie. Meet at work. Consensual the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah. And then ask someone out politely. And then we see the Hobbit jump off some stairs saying, uh, yippee. He does such a good little jump. He's such a little I'm man. I'm so proud of him when he jumps. He's so goddamn dandy. Look, look, look how high off the ground you got. <laughs> he has verticals. My man got ups. <laughs> it's like my mom. I think she can only get about three inches off the ground for some reason. She's not a jumper. <laughs> not everyone's. She's not a jumper. Not everyone is. You know? Actually, did you ever try that trend where you try and jump without bending your knees? Uh, yeah, I think that mine is probably average, if not below average. Sophie and I tried that. It didn't go well for me. Well, you have a bad knee. That's you shouldn't true. be well, doing wasn't, that. Well, I wasn't using with. the knee. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, weak toes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can't feel... It's all the love that you feel in your fingers and toes. Uh, it was... <laughs> that's actually it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Do you have any more hot questions? I have no more hot questions. Should we, we move on to another story? Let's move on to another story. Okay. Which one is this? This one is from the one and only my boyfriend, Michael. Oh, yeah. A story, also a story of youth. Uh Uh-huh. And I think you will all enjoy it. Should I play it on my phone? Yeah. Okay. Okay, now. Hello, everyone of the pod. I'm here again to tell an embarrassing story from my past. No, this isn't your father. This is Sarah's boyfriend, Michael. So in sixth grade, winding it way back to the mid-2000s. What a wild time it was. Uh, I waited until the last day before Christmas break. It was to the... Oh, I don't know exactly. I was in sixth grade. It was... How old was I in sixth grade? That's... 11 or 12? 11 or 12. So it was like 2006. Okay. Oh, man. Right before all the financial crisis. Yeah. Uh, A ripe time for romance, in my opinion. Um, But anyways... Obama has not been elected yet. um, I had... Still never had my first kiss by this point. Um, hopeless, hopeless out there. I was uh, more round than, than anything. Uh, so I was like a little ball, like a meatball. <laughs> I was not attractive in any way, shape, or form. Had no confidence whatsoever and uh, absolutely no physique, like I said, unless you're into circles. Um, but that being said, uh, I waited until the final day of 2006, um, heading in to 2007. It was the last school day, that being, uh, right before we went on winter break. And uh, I was approaching a girl at lunch uh, that I really liked. And I told her, meet me near the gym after school. And then I didn't realize that I had to sit one table over from her the rest of lunch. And her and all of her friends shouted at me <laughs> the entire time of like, well, what is it? Just tell us now. And I just pretended not to hear them. And it was a very uncomfortable 45 minutes. I actually didn't eat that much. And then I was really hungry the rest of the day. And oh, man, being a sixth grader, it's a, it's a hard time. Um, but anyways, uh, then the rest of the day I had a lot of anxiety and the time finally came. So she showed with one of her friends. And I had told her to come alone. Um, and <laughs> immediately didn't like the fact that there was a friend there. But I told her... You don't think telling a girl to come alone is in a little bit I'm suspicious? a sixth grader who has never kissed a woman before. I got no game. I got no game at all. Now, like I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted by the woman of my dreams now. Uh, I told this girl, 
I like you. And I said it just kind of like that because she kind of came up to me and was like, what, are you, what is this all about? You know? And then right as I was like, I like you. Um, and I kind of said it in like an alarming, too loud, too aggressive, too in her face. <laughs> and so her and her friends started laughing at me and it was terrible. And then all of a sudden this eighth grader came around the corner and we're all sixth graders, all three of us. All, me and the two other girls were all sixth graders. And this eighth grader comes around and he is like triple my size and he shoves me to the ground and he says something along the lines of, you think you could get with my girl? And uh, I was like, oh my God, I didn't even realize <laughs> that you had a boyfriend. Like, oh no. And, um, you know, so I was just on the ground and then I kind of cried a little. And um, yeah, they, they just kind of pointed and laughed at me and left. And that was my first experience with ever telling a person I liked them. And it was all during Christmas time. Yeah. And then uh, that holiday season was awful. <laughs> it was truly one of the worst Christmases I ever had. Um, but looking back, uh, it really wasn't that bad of a Christmas because it was, again, before the financial crisis. So the next couple Christmases that followed were not as jolly or as merry or as full of cheer. What advice would you give to young people in love? Don't. <laughs> Wait till you're older. Don't. And that is his youth story of Christmas love. I'm not going to lie. I love the story of Michael's heartbreak. <laughs> I know. Me too. I love the story of a little Italian meatball just getting pushed to the ground by an eighth grader and, so and crying. <laughs> crying. <laughs> the fact that an eighth grader came around the corner, the fear in his little mm. heart. This is the problem with, with men slash boys, though. They don't do their research. It, that's what... And he We would have known. He said... This is what he said about the story. He said, I forgot to mention this, but he planned it for the whole month of December. That oh he was going to do it on the day before winter break. What an idiot. But he did zero research, had no idea <laughs> if she had a boyfriend or not. And um, he also said that she... Um, sorry. she. He also said something along the lines of like... like he didn't He didn't know she had a boyfriend and he didn't know what the follow up was going to be. He was just going to say he liked I her. I like you. And I, he wasn't. He didn't know whether to expect whether she would say I like you back. So aggressive. If they would start dating afterwards. If they would be boyfriend girlfriend. He had thought none of that out. Babe. Is what he said. But story of young love. I love that story. I love a story of heartbreak at Christmas time. Exactly. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of trauma. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie it's Lee relatable. Curtis. relatable. <laughs> I love that story. I love the fear in his little heart. <laughs> I do. I love the idea of that little meatball on the ground crying. And the thing is, if you see any pictures of Michael from his middle school years, I he need is, to see. First of all, round. Yes, absolutely. Can he's we post so it on the Instagram? Cute. He has like this round little chubby Italian face. He still has that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's like so cute and little. And he told me that all his outfits were either cargo shorts or <gasps> basketball shorts. I can see that. And he that's really, all he at wore. this point in his life, he was like, I'm going to play professional basketball. Yes, exactly. And he said, I don't, I. I do not acknowledge the fact that I'm going to be five foot seven for the rest of my life. He has no idea what that he will never hit that other growth spurt. I yeah. think he still doesn't know that. He's he's going to hold on to his dreams. Good for him. And pursue them. As I say to my neighbor. Of the drums. I want to support your dreams. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let him live. That's a great story. Okay. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for thank Michael, you to Michael for sharing. Yeah, and for letting us make fun of you on the radio. The radio. On the radio. <laughs> I'm letting us We're make fun air. of you on air once again. <laughs> okay. 
my next little section that we have. Uh-huh. Spicy takes. From spicy the, takes. I have some spicy takes written down from our last episode. Okay. And I think we still agree on a lot of them. Okay. Um, and then I have some other, some new spicy takes. Okay. Okay. So in our first episode, we had a discussion as to who is the main character of this story. Is it Prime Minister David or is it Billy Mac? I made the argument that it's Billy Mac because he is uh-huh. the first person to be featured, right? Yes. You made it because you said, no, it's Prime Minister David. He does the voiceover in the beginning. Oh, both good points. Both good points. But now I have a third idea. Okay. The main character is actually the airport. Yes, I agree. (laughs) I agree. The The main character is the airport and it is love. The main character is love. The main character is love. Oh, wait, that actually that actually might be it. I mean, love actually is all around all around. We need to go back and do a tally of how many times we're going to say actually. Too many. (laughs) I think love is the main character. I when you said Billy Mac just now, though, it did ignite something in me. Okay. So I do think Billy Mac is, you know, he's up there. He is up there. And his is the least romantic story, which I love. Yes, because it's uh, fraternal love amongst brothers. (laughs) Brethren. Brethren. Uh, Bros. (laughs) A manager and his uh, talent. Ugliest man in the world. (laughs) I love Billy Mac so fucking much. Absolutely, me too. Um, Oh, that brings me to another point. Did you take your who is your love actually character quiz? I did take the quiz. Okay. Would you like me to reveal who you got in 2018? Yes. In 2018, you got Billy Mac. No way. And in 2018, I got Colin. (gasps) Okay. Who did you get this time? This time, I got David. I got Emma Thompson. (gasps) Crying. (laughs) But you know what? You you are a Joni Mitchell girly. I I love learning how to feel. <laughs> Making this cold English, English wife learn how, how to, to feel. feel. Oh yeah, I do love learning how to feel. I rely very heavily on my emotions, but I swear to God, if Alan Rickman ever fucking cheats on me, which is not likely to happen, seeing as he has passed, yeah. um, if he ever cheats on me, I'll murder someone. Yeah, I don't know who, but I'll murder someone. Someone will pay. you're a very good girl you are so sweet i can't believe you got colin last time that's a terrible one terrible choice got colin god that sucks when i re-listened to the episode i made a lot of people take this quiz did you and it seemed as though colin was a popular answer wait and you got david this time and i got david this time what does that say about you i don't know what does that say about our growth as people am i becoming more uh, i've gotten much less carefree I've gotten much sadder. <laughs> I've become more responsible somehow. Yeah, you've really taken on the the plight of a nation. The plight of a nation. <laughs> How dangerous. And this is what I said. This is a spicy take. I feel take. like that, that feels like Virgo evolution for you. From Colin Firth, the flailing writer, to... No, Colin Frizzle, the I have a big <laughs> knob. Fuck off. That's who I got. That, I'm sorry. Uh, to clarify, not Colin Firth, the, the writer. <gasps> Colin, I have a big knob going to Wisconsin to hook up with hotties. I'm screaming. Yeah. You went from you went from the prince and me yeah. to the prime minister. Yes. That is exactly the trajectory of 2018 to 2023. What does that say about me? 
end of college years you've changed to, a lot yeah i've changed a lot. i've taken on the plight of a nation uh, the plight of a nation and i've just gotten really sad <laughs> literally the picture they use for her at the end of that quiz is, is her crying, crying. And I was like, I don't love that for me. Not even when she says the second lobster at the nativity play. Oh, my God. Have you seen that TikTok of the little boy who gets casted in the nativity play? Cast. Cast. Sorry. He gets cast in the nativity play. And he's like, I'm door opener three. It's a classic role. I haven't seen that, but I love that. And he thinks he's going to have to dress up as a door. Oh, bless him. <laughs> oh, bless him. It had big second lobster oh, energy. I love that. I love that part. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. I can't believe that that you went from Colin Frizzle to the prime minister. I, I don't either. And I, I don't went know from how I was Colin Billy before. Billy Mack to a scorned wife. I, that's, a, that's a depressing trajectory. Don't fucking scorn me. <laughs> don't scorn you. I'm fun and cool. You are fun and cool, and you buy really good gifts. But I'm neither fun nor as cool as I was in 2018, turns out. But you know what? It meant you were probably washed up before, and now mm. you are comfortable. I'm getting younger. You're getting younger. I'm getting younger by the day. Next time I take this, I'll be calling Frizzle. Yes, there we go. That's <laughs> and I've the got natu- a big knob. <laughs> You're going to move to Wisconsin. No, don't wish that on me. No, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> I know. It's too much snow. Too much snow. Okay, what's next? Uh, we have more spicy takes. Uh, our last spicy, before, Uh huh. we had the argument that Carl, who is Sarah's Carl, Laura Linney's Sorry, Carl. Sorry, that was my stomach. I didn't hear it. It's okay. Oh, I think you only heard it. I didn't hear it. Sadie heard it. Oh. She went, <laughs> bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, in our last episode, we said Carl is the hottest. Do we still feel that way? Absolutely. Carl is the hottest. Carl is the hottest person in this movie. He is the hottest person I've ever seen in my life. Yes. I love Carl. Yeah. Carl R. Us. I will say... Natalie, I think, is climbing up there as one of the hottest. Oh, Natalie's extremely hot. Yeah, Natalie. But Carl, Carl is just it for me. Carl is sexy. Carl's sex. Carl is the sexiest. Natalie is hot. I mean, him going, you're beautiful. <laughs> Every single time I jizz my pants. Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, hot. I've hot. also been in love with him for two years, four months, three days, whatever. Longer. Hours. Let's be honest. In 30 minutes, I suppose. I've been in love with him since 2003. Yeah. It's been 20 years. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Carl is hot. And yeah. One of the not spicy takes, but this is a take I see a lot more online. Mm-hmm. They call Natalie fat in so many scenes. Crazy. And we as a society have rejected that. Yes. Rejected. I have seen that we rejected that. And I, I will also say, I need to correct something that I've seen online. I've seen online people saying that uh, David calls her chubby. He never calls her chubby. He well, The he, fucking assistant lady calls her chubby. She goes, oh, the chubby girl. And he yeah. goes, ooh, would we call her chubby? Yeah. And then at the end, he picks her up and he, he says, oh, you are heavy. Yeah, but that's a joke. Yeah, exactly. Because he does not think she's fat. Yeah, and she does run up on him. And really she absolutely did, fucking ravages him. Yeah, which I would say to anyone, yeah, what the f- you're heavy. Don't I, mean, do that I would shit. think I would just drop to the ground. I would say that to a toddler. I don't think I'd be able to handle it. But some toddlers are dense, you know. God, what I mean? they are. Yeah, they're heavy. They can be so heavy. Moms and dads of the world, they have strong arms. Thirty pounds is so much. It's too much, actually. Yeah. Mm, just saying. Yeah. And Pokemon, a dog, they are both way smaller than that. You know. <laughs> 
Well, not Sadie. Sadie's probably more than 30 pounds. She's like 60 pounds. She's a big girl. You're a big girl. And we love you. We do. She's finally settling. Do you have any other spicy takes from this? Yes. I'd love to hear them. Um, Okay. Okay. So the do-do-do-do-do-do, this part. That. Yes. So my hot take is that I think that that would sound better on a French horn. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for giving me that. I... I guess What is so. that, like a fucking piccolo, a clarinet? I, that would sound better on a French horn. <laughs> Sue me. Do you, do you Have you played a French horn? Of course I have. Okay. They're a beautiful <laughs> instrument. <laughs> I just think it sounds wrong. Yeah. It's too breathy. Okay. Too breathy. Too... Need, we need the, the, the strength of a brass we instrument. We need the bravado. Yes. It needs a breath. And it's still gentle. That's the beautiful thing about a French horn is that it's gentle, but it's strong. Oh, my God. That is. Shout out to my middle school band teacher, Mr. Melton. That is a really (laughs) strong argument. I have no notes. I have. Thank you. I don't think even that's a. I mean, the the theme to this is so classic, right? But it's classic because the same way that I think The Trouble with Love is by Kelly Clarkson is a Christmas song. Yes. Because this movie is such a classic that, to me, I have no notes for the soundtrack because yes, I it's, it's I so embedded that. with the movie. That is my only note for the soundtrack. Okay. Other than that, I think it's fantastic and perfect. Perfect, yeah. But I do think that that particular section. Yeah. Do-do-do, Yeah. French horn. What do you think is the saddest storyline of this movie? The saddest? Yeah, because I think in our last episode, we said we both agreed the best is either Prime Minister David or the Portuguese woman and Colin Firth. That's weird that we would say that. I think we said that. I think we both said mainly it's the Prime Minister is the best one. Yeah. But I, I think I kind of argued for Colin Firth and the the Portuguese See, woman. now my opinion is the best storyline is the naked couple. That's a really good point because it's so consensual. And I think this, or Billy Mack. Billy Mack is also good for eternal love. I don't like Colin Firth's storyline in this movie that much. Oh, that's a, that's a change. It's a change for me. Yeah. I think the saddest one has to be Alan Rickman. Yes. Because... It's just sad. What yeah. he did to her is sad. Yeah, because I, I agree. Because I see some people on the reason I ask is because I see some people online who say Laura Linney's storyline is the saddest. <gasps> hers is sad. Hers is sad. But hers is not fixable. I would. Or hers is fixable. I would argue that she, at the end of the day, still feels love. It's yeah. just not the love she's craving. I agree. And she chooses the like familial love. Yeah, she definitely makes that choice, whereas yes. I feel like Emma Thompson had this done to her. Yes, exactly. And she only feels, she's like, I feel love for my children and I, I still love you, but I also hate you. Exactly. It's a like obligational love. And that is also that like a has. long time to fix. Yes. Like that is not something that is going to be easily changed. They will never be the same. And like Laura Linney just needs a little therapy. Exactly. And she still feels, I would say she also feels love from her brother as oh, well. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, and, you know, it doesn't mean that... I still think there's hope for her and Carl in the future. That's also... I think they really leave the door open for her and Carl. Yeah, they do. I don't do. think that it's. it means it all is over with them, you know? I agree. Because there's something what going do, on. So you think the saddest is... Also Alan also Rickman. Also Alan Rickman. Yeah, exactly. Because, like I said, I still think Laura Linney feels love. And I think she gets a little bit more... Um, 
agency in her choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. She well, she yeah, she made that choice herself. Yeah, exactly. I mm-hmm. agree. Um, but th- wait, let's follow up on this. Okay. So you are not as into the Colin for, for- Colin Firth storyline no. as much anymore. Can you no. expand? They don't know each other at all. They don't. And I think that's what's annoying. And I'm like, I also think at the end when she says, do you think I made the wrong choice, chose the wrong Englishman? Yeah. I think that's true. (gasps) Oh, my God. Because. I don't think they're the right pair. Oh, my God. I think she should be with someone hotter. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think. Well, here's the thing. Colin Firth, we both agree. Not a good kisser. Yeah. Looks like a little fish. Looks like he's trying to slurp some spaghetti. I also don't think it's hot to get with a woman who's your maid. Yes, there is a power dynamic there. And it's also just like, I think that's what he's going to expect her to do oh for the rest God. of her life. I think you're kind Clean of- Clean up after you're him. You're kind of convincing me a little bit. Yeah. And he, she is a rebound for him. Because yeah. he is just getting immediately cheated on. That's so true. Oh, my God. You're really opening my eyes here. Yeah, I don't like them. But I love the idea that they both learned each other's language for each other at the end. I do love that. I love the, like, opening of the story. But I would love to see how it has worked out. Because if she's just fucking cleaning up after him for the rest of his life, I'm not into that. And I think Colin Firth, a little bit of his storyline is that he kind of chooses the holiday season to be about what he wants in Mm -hmm. the end as opposed to be like, because in the beginning he does, you know, he's like, I think we should take mom out because it's, you know, obligation. I think he felt a lot of obligation in the beginning and then he finally gets to kind of go after what he wants and Mm -hmm. like, you know, sometimes the holidays, it's so family oriented Mm -hmm. that people don't actually get to do anything they want at all and it's just like everyone's miserable. Mm -hmm. So I do think that like, he, you know, I love a chase scene. I love that they parade him down with all the Portuguese I people in this love village. That. I love that scene. That scene's so good. Now, do I think that they should have both, like, I, do I think he should have proposed to her? No. no. Uh, I think they should have done some long distance dating. Yeah. Continued working on that language. The language bit. barrier. Mm-hmm. Because what if you don't know her? She's really hot. She's secretly, like, evil. You yeah. Know? I mean, what if she turns out to be a Republican? Yeah, exa- that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but like, yeah, exactly. That's what, what I'm thinking. I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. You don't know. And like, what is the what is the Portuguese equivalent of being conservative? We don't fascist, know. Fascist, I don't know. Exactly. Just a, a general fascist. And, I feel like we can cover the whole world and with that. And that's a really red flag, literally. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> it is. And I don't know if we should go out of that path. So... You're really you're opening my eyes here a little I bit. I mean, she she does work in service, me. so I don't think that she is. I don't but, think you so know. either. You know, yeah. I also my hottest take or what is do you think the worst line in the entire movie? The worst line in mm-hmm. the entire movie? Uh, any line where they talk about Natalie being fat? Not funny. Yes, a hundred percent. But I do think there's something worse than that, which is where Colin Firth says, "Lovely, obliging girl." Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. If someone ever described me as a lovely, obliging girl, yeah, I think I would puke on them and then cut their penis off. I agree. I th- Colin Firth also has that horrible, horrible scene where he's flirting with his girlfriend and she's saying, I'm sick, yada, mm-hmm. yada. 
And like he does the thing where they're both doing the thing mm-hmm. where they're like, you're a loser. Huh? Mm-hmm. You love me so much. You're lame. You know, yeah. whatever. And it's like the thing is then she immediately cheats on him with his brother. Immediately. Who he sees at Christmas time mm-hmm. a few weeks later. And um, that just really changes the tone of that scene. I hate Uncle Jamie. Yeah, and well, also, and then the, the girlfriend does actually think he's a loser because he. She does. Yeah, she, she hooks up him. with his brother. She hates Uncle Jamie, too. She hates we all hate Uncle Jamie. Everyone hates Uncle Jamie, and J- Uncle Jamie just wants to feel love. Uncle Jamie's a loser. <laughs> He's just writing his fucking crime novel. He's a loser. Oh, I feel bad for him. But, but he does he does learn all that Portuguese. He does. He learns That's about romantic. the prawns. That's romantic. It is romantic, but he's also a loser. He is a little bit of a loser. And I, I think also think the way that proposed. he dropped her off at the airport is the dumbest thing that's ever happened. Well, yeah. And it's the, it's not a, that's not a, tr- a place for you to drop people off. It clearly isn't. He immediately gets into a car accident. He's an idiot. Location, location, location. Writers. As they say. Yeah. But I think that maybe that was a location thing for the movie. They were like, Perhaps, oh, this there is was the closest like, we're going to get. There were a bunch of children just like playing in a, a little miniature basketball court and next to And you're telling it. me that's an airport? Yeah. No. A train station even? A bus? No. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about any of that not here for it yeah it's just like the thing is they do have vibes they do have vibes (laughs) they do have vibes, and the vibes are undeniable yeah the chemistry is undeniable that's true but at the same time i do hear what you're saying and i agree with you i Mm -hmm. actually they're falling a little bit out of favor with me the naked couple rising quickly naked couple they're the most normal jack and judy Mm -hmm. i love them just oh my god co-workers to lovers yeah trajectory we love that that's a good trope it is it is okay what's next next up i would love for you our voice talent to read (laughs) a user submitted story of love shout out to sarah shout out to sarah we love you sarah s spelled exactly the right way with an h at the end (laughs) and um here you go christina i have her email pulled up okay And I'd love to hear it. Story time. Story time. In the fall of 1993, Mm. I was 18 years old and was attending college for the first time. Shortly after my birthday in October, shout out to a fellow Libra, Mm. potentially a Scorpio, but you're a Libra in my heart. Mm -hmm. I met this 24-year-old guy who I quickly fell for. We became close friends, and after the end of the semester in December, we started spending more time together at home. We became rather intimate. (laughs) Drama. She says in a non-sexual way, but I see right through that. (laughs) Through numerous sessions of cuddling. Girl. 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 Okay. Cuddling naps. Girl. (laughs) That's sexy. Sexy, can I? Giggling, swinging my feet right now. And on December 18th, I kissed him for the first time. Even though my kiss was definitely (gasps) one-sided, I assumed he was okay with it since he didn't say anything outright. As a result, I spent the following two weeks, including Christmas and New Year, believing I had a boyfriend, <laughs> which he quickly denied when we saw each other again in January. <gasps> the heartbreak. <sighs> Devastating. Love. <laughs> Excuse me. Hi, dear listeners. We had a super weird demon take over our microphones for about five minutes <laughs> during this episode. Weird. Hate that for us. Um, so I'm going to finish Sarah's story right now. Uh, and I'm sorry that this is recorded on my phone, but I'm on me holidays. Okay, so now this may seem like an unrequited love story, but it wasn't quite so. 
Ten years later, in 2004, he confessed over the phone that he regretted letting our age difference get in the way. And in 2017, as I was reminiscing about our college days, he committed the slip of the tongue when he almost replied, quote, was it before or after we started going out together, end quote, before correct- correcting himself halfway through the word going and replacing it with hanging out. So he was like, was it before and after we started going hanging out together? Drama. 30 years on and we're still friends, though we're not platonic, never were, never will be. I'm screaming, crying, throwing up. In a way, that was my own addition to the story. In a way, he was my first boyfriend of sorts, and I'm quite proud of my 18-year-old self for instinctually dealing with our ambiguous relationship despite my lack of experience at the time. Ah, I'm dying. Now, a couple things we missed out on in when the demon came and took over uh, is that I said, one, I love a long romance. Two, you're an icon and we love this. And then Sarah, my Sarah, said... Uh, we would love an update. We would love to know what's going on with you guys now. So send us an update if you can, if you can be bolved. We love to hear it. And then I sort of started talking about Sarah and Carl from the movie. And I was saying, basically, I can't stand them because Sarah did not have to say the things that she said. You know, she did not have to say, um, (laughs) no, I'm not busy. No, I'm not, actually. I'm not in the middle of hooking up with the hottest man I've ever met in my life. I'm not busy. She didn't have to say that, but she did, and that's on her. So then Sarah's continuing. So rude. You know what this reminds me of? A little bit tangential, but do you know uh, Atsuko, um, the comedian? I forget her last name, but she's she has this special on HBO, and she's so funny, and she's Japanese, and like she talks about a story where she meets her husband, and they're hooking up for the first time, mm-hmm. and he gets a random call right before they hook up, <gasps> and he goes, I'm so sorry. My mother has schizophrenia, and she goes, bitch, shut the fuck up. My mom has schizophrenia, <laughs> and 10 years later, now they're married. Whoa. I know. That's crazy. So that's, you know, so who knows? Who knows, Sarah and Carl? Who knows? The door is always open. Yeah, we just don't get enough information about Carl. We don't. And you know what? It's because he's so sexy. Why do we need a backstory? We can't, we can't have a backstory we when can't. someone's that hot. Exactly. We can't. Is it a little you know, shitty that the prime minister comes to Natalie's uh, nephew's Christmas pageant, <laughs> even though it's also his nephew's Christmas pageant? Hilarious. It's hilarious. Because he's such a bad uncle. He's so bad. He's so good at leading. Is he good at leading the free world, actually? Because, you know, they always say this about women and why they can't be like political leaders or like, mm-hmm. we're too emotional. He almost starts a fight with America over Natalie. Yeah. Men are too I emotional. I actually wrote in my notes this time, do we think that his little speech in that segment is yeah. his villain origin story? <laughs> do we think he like feels too much power there? And he's like, yeah, this is it. I'm a villain. I mean, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? They preempt this with the 9-11 thing at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. They're, like, this is America post 9-11. The worst. They are the worst. Well, this is clearly, a, well, I one love, of the worst I love that this movie is purely American slander. Yes, because I agree. We hate this country. Yeah. Colin will never succeed hooking up with Americans. Absolutely not. (laughs) Americans are just sluts. (laughs) They're just That's the message of this story. Alicia Cuthbert is her cutest. I love them. Yeah, they're so cute. They're literally so great. The little Wisconsin girls are amazing. Carrie. They're so good. They're so funny. They're so good. They're so good. Their little outfits, yep. everything about them, amazing. Yeehaw, girlfriend. And I love that they're like, 
we don't even have pajamas. (laughs) The way she says that, I'm like, you really lost the plot there. We're not the richest girls. You're not being like sly anymore. You're just like, we don't have pajamas. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? To some extent. It is true. American girls love uh, like a mid-looking British man. Yeah. Look at Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn for six years. That's all I got. Uh, he's a beard, but whatever. Okay. I'm a gayler. Uh, gayler for life, but uh, that's unrelated. <laughs> you didn't expect me that mid of a looking man. I'm just saying. He, yeah, he's very mid. Um, But he was in it for the whatever Grammy credit. Yeah. And uh that was and the money probably. and the money probably yeah. yeah and you know what as taylor swift says unironically and ironically sometimes you know she loves a london boy <laughs> but that applies to you so many straight american boy. women <laughs> yeah that's true it's actually extremely embarrassing yeah it kind of is now what i will say yes about this movie uh-huh something that i think works really well yeah that we don't get a lot of in other movies is the emotional payoff so like they drag out some of these emotional scenes yes like um emma thompson emma thompson crying yeah that scene is so long and it's so heartbreaking it is so long and it well it is heartbreaking because it is so long yes and uh carl and sarah dancing like that's a positive emotional payoff Uh that scene is so long it is that's true and i've feel like the length of it really helps the audience like really feel those emotions yeah we are watching we are invested in so many different couples because we're getting long emotional payoffs yes or like long emotional investment i don't know um in these scenes Mm -hmm. and so i think we need to bring that back in other rom-coms like we need longer scenes in rom-coms like stop trying to make it one page i would love to see a white man moodily walking down a busy city street listening mm-hmm. to Dido yeah. in every movie I ever yeah, see. Yeah, that's such a long scene. It's so long. and He he's, walks so far. He's like dancing He's dancing all around the city. He's zipping up his turtleneck with uh-huh. fervor. Yeah, he's moving his arms. He's getting that energy yeah. out of him. And like we're really feeling those emotions uh-huh. because of the length of it because you're forced to. Yeah, and you know what? I still hate him. I can Me feel too. his emotions and still judge the fuck Me out too. of him. He's the worst. What but a like, bitch. But you are forced to sit in that scene and sit in that emotion for a length of time that you're not usually forced to. Correct. And I think that that's part of the reason that what of what makes this movie such a, a classic and something that people love. Yeah. Because like, I mean, these stories kind of suck. <laughs> Some of them don't work out. Yeah. But absolutely. like we're invested in it. Yeah. 20 years later. Who do you think gets the shortest end of the stick out of everyone? Um, because I had this conversation with Michael. Peter. Oh, interesting. Not, I'm sorry, not Peter. Peter's best friend. I don't Peter's know his best friend. <gasps> okay. I don't know his name. Kira Knightley's husband. Yes. Chiedel Elria Four. That's his real name in real life. Yes, but, but I can't what pronounce is his it. name in the movie? I I don't remember actually. Let me look it up. It doesn't really <laughs> There's matter. There's so many honest. characters. It doesn't really matter. It's too hard. I think that actually Colin's friend, who is like clearly the PA or something, or the oh, casting so person, he doesn't get anything. He gets nothing. He shows up to and he's hot. Ev- he oh, shows. No, he up- does. He gets um. The friendly one, Carla. Oh, yes. He gets Carla. He gets Carla. And I was going to say Billy Max guy, but he gets Greta. 
Oh, she yeah. Says, Hello, Greta. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, Billy Mac's manager gets a lot of money in being able to know that he's really good at his job. <laughs> yeah, he also gets a lot of ass. Yeah, so wins all around. He'll, Congratulations. Come Christmas Day, he'll wake up naked with a cute bird balancing on his balls. <laughs> <laughs> We've been saying the wrong person this whole time. Peter is actually <laughs> Juliet's We're so husband. dumb. What's that other fucker's Mark. name then? His name is Mark. Mark. Forgettable. 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 Well, you know who we're talking about. <laughs> I mean. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. We do Every time we Pe- say Peter, we mean Mark. Absolutely. We're talking about Rick from The Walking Dead. Yeah, you know it. You know him. Wow, we're so dumb. That is so funny. I really was convinced his name was Peter. He looks like time. a Peter. Juliet. And we also Peter. just did a movie with a white man named Peter. <sighs> you know what? That's where I'm getting this wrong. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You see. Which I loved single all the way. I just recommended it to my sisters. It's very good. And the thing is, as we said before about Love Actually, so many characters. So all many. Of these names are so similar. Too many. They're all, th- all the apostles are listed as characters <laughs> in this. Yeah, they're white men. All of the people who follow Jesus, they all get a line. Yeah. Okay. I'm just checking my notes okay i have trivia and then we'll do we could do megan's okay let's do that ready or do you have anything else in your notes just one random note colin firth doesn't wear his seatbelt when he gets in that accident and i don't like that oh that is dangerous i don't like it not wearing a seatbelt in a foreign country are you stupid are you stupid no i think he's in london then oh okay or no he's in portugal you're right or wherever wherever he is is. when he's writing in the cabin yeah Mm -hmm. i was like huh feels like you should uh figure that one out you know what else Chagrin. I say in the first episode a lot? Pastiche, one of the national Portuguese egg desserts. Why do you say that so much? Because I just learned what it was like right before we recorded that episode. And it's <laughs> all I know about Portugal, even to this day. Some things never change. So I hate you. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Here's some new trivia. Thank you to People Magazine for coming out with a 20th anniversary of Love Actually trivia. Fun yes, facts that we didn't know. Ready? Yes. This first one, I already talked shit about this man. Joe Alwyn auditioned to play Sam. What? Liam Neeson's little stepson, Sam. Wow. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't. Me <laughs> too. Fuck that guy. Miss out on that money, bitch. Screw you. Kira Knightley wore that hat, the big hat. That, yeah, the hat. The we hat, know. The, the jean hat, hat. The denim hat. To cover up a zit. Yes, I did know that, actually. 18 years old, mm-hmm. as I remind everyone. Acne. Only a five-year age difference. That being said, I'm 29 and I still have acne. It, you know what? It happens to everyone. And it doesn't rude. go away the same Never way. goes away. Never goes away. You're still struggling. I've literally had acne since I was born. And you know what? <laughs> it's normal. Yeah. It's not normal to not have zits. Yeah. How dare you? Screw you, everyone. Be normal. Okay. <laughs> uh, they have confirmed also Alan Rickman's character definitely did have the affair with Mia. Well, there was a debate about that, wasn't there? There was for a Because Richard years. Curtis did not write that. They don't confirm it. All you see is her naked with the necklace, basically. Or not naked, but like in yeah. un- like underwear. But it was like an implication thing. Yes. Like he never came out and said. Yeah. Like I think they said, oh, this is what I imagined. Yes. But like... It was never confirmed. And then Emma Thompson, during her little spiel at the end, when mm-hmm. she confronts him, she says, is it just sex? Yeah. Or is it worst sex of all? Sex and a necklace? Or is it a necklace and love? Love. Worst of all. Which, Which is It so would not true. be. So true. Mia sucks. She's only worked there for like a month. 
Yeah, it's like it's also, also such a ridiculous thing to do a month yourself. into your new job. Love yourself. Don't try and fuck your boss. Don't try and fuck your boss. I'll cross with the your lines. little lad who loves berries and cream haircut. <sighs> Just don't try and fuck your boss at any job. Don't fuck your boss. Don't fuck your boss. Just try not to. Just don't do it. If if avoidable, please do. Yeah. Here's some more fun facts. Olivia Olson, who we know as Joanna, who I Joanna, did, Joanna, yes. What did Joanna. I just say? Jo- I'm sorry, I was thinking of Sweetie Moana. Todd. Moana. <laughs> Olivia Olson, who plays the extremely talented Joanna, mm-hmm. um, which I did say in my notes, Joanna serving cunt, serving cunt for a nine year old, one hundred percent, absolutely. They had to make her sound worse in that little little limited two ass hat too oh my god and our little hair jewels bring back so, hair jewels 2024 i say that all the time i love hair jewels i think that they should not be reserved for just weddings I or agree. fancy or events. for children or for children they should be for me exactly yeah they had to make her sound worse because they were like she's actually too good at singing this yes so they had to edit it to sound worse and they so the fun fact is that she was offered record deals after the movie immediately wow she chose not to do yeah, it. she didn't do it. She was not a child star. Mm-hmm. She has talked about not being a child star several times. Yeah, she's fairly normal now, she right? Has, well, she's a voice actor exclusively. Love that. Which is like the best job to the have. The best job. Show up in your pajamas. Yeah. She's still hot to this yeah, day. I'm sure. But she didn't have to be. Yeah. And that's the trajectory of some child actors we've Honestly, seen. Honestly, that is an iconic trajectory for her. That is, it's right? so good. I wish that was my life. Yeah. This, I wish I had childhood money. Yeah, Same. absolutely. So here's my fun fact about Colin Firth. Okay. I think you're going to scream. And the kissing? Did you know that scene was actually choreographed? (gasps) The kiss? You're joking. Well, I'm not joking. Then why did it look so fucking awkward? I don't know, but they choreographed. You know when he like puts his little thumb on Mm -hmm. her mouth and you don't know where his thumb has been? Yep. Uh, Choreographed. But like the way he grabs her head. Yeah. Feels like she's not expecting it. Yeah, it's horrible. So like (laughs) I wonder if they just told him to like put your thumb there yeah but the rest of it was really like not good i don't know they should have done choreographed the entire kiss they should have made them practice it 25 times well colin first clearly has not put in his ten thousand hours of kissing no and you know what's weird is like i saw an interview at one point in time saying that like he was a good kisser Mm -hmm. like people said he was a good kisser on set okay and i'm like you must be lying yeah is it all vibes because like zero. it is truly like a fish trying to open its gills. And you were right for that assessment. I w- I'd that say. was as you like to say that was the correct take. That was the correct take. So it is shocking. Um I, I can't believe know. that was choreographed. choreographed that's, that's ridiculous. Though. Yeah, they planned all that out. Um obviously not well enough. One of yeah, so this guy was a kissing consultant and they hired a him. A kissing consultant. Well, they what? did a bad job. Yeah. Hilarious that they needed to hire him though. Yeah, exactly. Also, it's kind of like how much like work is that guy actually getting? <laughs> That's right? a good question. Like, there's no way he's staying booked and busy. I'm a kissing consultant. Well, you know now you know I'm that, an expert on kissing. In that movie we saw, you people, Jonah Hill had a CGI kiss at the end. Yes, with his crazy beard. We're outsourcing this guy. Well, that rat bastard can suck it. <laughs> Richard Curtis has gone on to say that he regrets how undiverse this movie is. That's good and fair. Which I will say there is a justice huge... for Peter. Well, Peter, <laughs> Peter and Juliet are the only 
interracial couple to mm-hmm. be featured in a film and they don't mention how they're interracial yeah like that is one of the big diverse things he accomplished in that movie yeah. very ahead of its time yeah i was but, gonna say i like that they don't mention it but he wanted to have a same-sex couple mm-hmm. and they had to cut that storyline i remember hearing about that yeah which was part of our old trivia they also wanted to include a jewish storyline sure and they didn't include that as well, well and he regrets they really that. should have just included more people of color yeah and maybe more people of different ages yes. and like different storylines yeah and like you know sometimes hanukkah and christmas don't line up exactly yeah it so. depends on the year so. exactly that's the yeah. thing hanukkah was last week yeah it's been over it's been done. done and gone yep okay cool yeah, yeah. I don't know if we mentioned this in the last episode, but also the Spider-Man boy at the Christmas yeah. pageant, that is Richard Curtis's son. Is it? I think we might have mentioned it. We might have mentioned it, but I know that the Spider-Man face paint was not planned. It was not planned, and it is Richard Curtis's son. I love that. His other kid is a daughter, and she's one of the lobsters. <laughs> Maybe lobster First number lobster? one. Wow, rude. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. Second lobster. Oh, she's not the second lobster. She's not the one who has speaking lines. No, that's the girl. She was first lobster. First lobster. She was first lobster. So So maybe Richard Curtis's daughter was second lobster. Oh, bummer. Because that's why Emma Thompson says, there was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus. And can we talk about how... Why are there so many paper mache animals in the nativity a play? Papier mache lobster head. <laughs> but, Hilarious to me that they say papier mache. It has a and we're arms, just American David. going paper mache. <laughs> That's a paper mache. That's me. Lobster head. <laughs> papier mache. It has eight legs, David. I love that. Eight is a lot of legs, David. <laughs> She's my favorite character. That's the best line. And also when, um, where the fuck is my fucking coat? (laughs) Sorry, Sadie. Where the fuck is my fucking coat is probably my most quoted behind um, Just In Cases. Just In Cases. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Where the fuck is my fucking coat is so good. This next trivia, you're Mm going to fucking, I don't even understand why this exists. Billy Bob Thornton, who plays the American president, He has a weird phobia that he had to confront on this set. Can you guess what the phobia could possibly be? Uh, women with no bra singing back up. <laughs> British people. British no, people. I'm kidding. That's not it. Uh, no, I don't know what. His phobia is of men with weird facial hair, which is coming from Billy Bob Thornton, who I feel has had weird sideburns. A phobia. And he has a severe phobia of it. Who has weird facial hair in this? The thing is, they film it in that, whatever, governmental area when he's at the prime minister's Number house. 10 Downing Street? Yes, the governmental that house. That governmental area. Well, I don't know if that's a set or if they it's actually- probably a set. Yeah, exactly. Know. So they have a former British prime minister on the wall, and his name is Benjamin Drisaly. Am I saying that right? I don't know. It's spelled Israeli with a D at the front. So sure, I want to we'll say that, then. it's Disreali. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But he has weird fucking facial hair. They have a portrait of him. So he has to walk past and it. And he has to walk and past it. And not scream. And not scream. And he said, it's the strangest phobia. I'm disturbed of specifically this man. Billy Bob. And he has to walk past the portrait. And he said that he just tried to avoid it. But he was extremely emotional about it. 
That's wild. And Richard Curtis outed him in an Elle magazine interview about <gasps> Richard. it. Richard. I love it. The That's tea. bad behavior. That's naughty. I would pay so much money to get Richard Curtis to be on one episode of Normal Gossip because- I want him to be on our podcast. Well, yeah, that's Fuck too. Normal Gossip. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no Absolutely. offense. <laughs> Richard Curtis, be on our podcast? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, Sarah, you're so bad at your job. But I would say, like, I, w- I just feel like he has so much gossip. Yeah, well, we are a gossip-centered podcast. We are a gossip-centered podcast. Being pop culture be is better at your job, Sarah. Pop culture is inherently gossip, <laughs> so that is a good point. Um, Amazing, but we're also professionals. So okay, also what other trivia do you have for me? Uh, the other trivia that I have, I think that you will love this. Laura Linney and uh-huh. the person who plays Carl, his name is Rodrigo Santoro. Santor- I know. <laughs> they both were dumped right before that <gasps> movie, and so they were both experiencing the grief of. Of a relationship loss. You know what? They're giving that. And that's why. And that's why Linney, they're both so sad. Laura Lenny has gone on to say that's why I think it works so well between the two of yeah. us is because we were so miserable when we were not shooting because we yeah. had been dumped. Yeah. That like it was intimate and beautiful. They really are giving that. They are giving. They're giving sadness. They are giving sadness. They're giving like latching on to the one other warm body around you. I love it. I love them. I love them too. Laura Linney is a really good actress and she's so talented. I do know also, I think we might have mentioned this in the first time we talked about Love Actually, but to revisit the cast, Richard Curtis was like, I want someone like Laura Linney for the role of Sarah. And he kept, you know, they kept casting, 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 auditioning Mm -hmm. all these people. And like basically he was, they were like, well, why don't you just fucking audition Laura Linney? And then he does and then they get him. Yeah, so. (laughs) <laughs> and there you go and there you go the last fun fact i have for you okay. the running count of how many times they say actually in this movie including the opening scene mm-hmm. 23 23 and i think we're about to beat it yeah we'll probably. go through and count actually 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 okay that you just upped our numbers we won <laughs> <laughs> we beat you <laughs> on that note we have one more listener story i can't wait to hear it one more listener story and this is from a listener who i Went out with the other day and I recorded the story. <laughs> Shout out to our listener. Megan. Megan. Thank you. Okay. I'm just putting it there. You can just tell us the story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Luke, well, here it is. Here's how it started. I, this was back, this was back in 2011 and 2011. And so I just got on, it was when, you know, internet dating started. I guess it started way before. This is when eHarmony was big. So I know. Oh so I know. I, I match.com. It's true, and I but I didn't want to do. I know I didn't want to do it, but I did it. So I got on eHarmony, and there was this guy. Um, his name was Trey, and you don't hear their voice; you just talk to him. And he's like, "You want to meet at Starbucks?" I was like, "Sure." So we get to Starbucks. This is the most southern boy. I, <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? From like, and I, that was it. It was done. It was over. It wasn't gonna happen. But I was like, I got to do the coffee date. And while I'm talking to him. We're just talking, and, like, he's a really nice guy. And then he's finally like, I live around here, and uh, my roommate's got a giant snake. You want to come see it? He works at the zoo. And I was like, normally I would never do that. I just met this guy, but I'm like, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, let's go. So I went to his apartment, and I walk into this room, and there's this. so sketchy. Yes, I know. I know. I don't know, but I thank God I did. Because guess what? That snake was Luke's. And so I get, so I come home. I go to this apartment. I don't know where I'm going. I can't believe I did it. I never. Yeah, you could have been murdered. I'm 100%. I can't 
guess so, that's the crux to any good love story. But it is. It is. And could've so I could have been murdered. So I, so I walk in. We go to this back room. It's like this like dark green room with this beautiful mural of like the forest and this beautiful python snake. And I'm like, who is this dude? This dude is awesome. This room's awesome. So anyways, yeah. So we're just, you know, he's like, and then he's, I look, it was like five minutes and he's like, you want a sweet tea? I was like, sure, I'll have a sweet tea. So I go and I sit on the couch. Not even one minute later, in walks Luke. I stand up. We make eye contact. We shake our hands. I swear to God, it was love at first sight. Lightning struck us both. Both. Both of us. It wasn't just me. It was both of us. We looked each other high. We shook. It was like, I can still feel it in slow-mo. I'm still getting chills. I literally have chills. Yeah. I'm still getting it. Yeah. So it was, we looked at each other, and I was like, I sat back down on the couch, and this is November, by the way, so I sat back down on the couch, he goes to the back in the bedroom, and he, now I know, but he said, he was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, like, losing his mind, I was sitting on the couch, like, oh my god, oh my god, so then, um, he's like, alright, I gotta get back up there, Trey, like a (laughs) dum-dum, ends up saying, hey, Luke, you wanna come hang out with us, so Luke and I, the three of us ended up hanging out that night, and Trey was, like, in the background, and Luke and us, Luke and I just started talking, he's from, um, St. Louis, my whole friend is from Chicago so uh-huh. it was like Midwestern in common um and it was just like we just kept going and going and going it was like yeah just great yes I left that day I called my mom on the way home I said mom I'm in love I met the man of my dreams like blah blah, blah. but the problem is it's my roommate and so we were joking we're like oh my god we gotta do the roommate switch like on Seinfeld have yeah. you ever seen that and I'm like how does that work Julie's, no. it's, it's, it's a stupid thing about them trying to Jerry falls in love with his roommate and he, they try to do a switch to get the roommate. So, so I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This is, I think this was November like 21st. Yeah, it was November 21st. So anyways, Trey kept calling me and I just kept turning him down because I'm like, nah, it's over. It's over. Everyone's like, it's done, Megan. You, there's nothing you can do. I'm like, I can't believe I'm letting this happen. And like, so a month goes by. December 16th, Luke calls me. Yeah, tomorrow. Luke calls me and says, hi, uh, this is Luke. Do you remember me? And I just started screaming and jumping up and down. Like, I I know, but I was like, yes, I remember you. Oh my God. I'm like jumping on my couch walking. I think I'm married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he literally says to me, Luke says to me, he's like, uh, I was just wondering, um, would you like to go out on a date? I'm like, oh my God, yes. And so uh, we planned a date for like, I don't know, a week later. I, I ended up going over December 16th. We talked December 15th. I went over to his house on December 16th. Or it was, I think that's what it was. And it was just an all-night talking session. Nothing so happened. We, I know. We kissed. <laughs> but that was it. And we just stayed up all night talking till the wee mornings about everything. And we literally never left each other's side from that. Found out Luke was waiting for Trey to uh-huh. find a girlfriend. That's why the month lapsed. So that whole time, he was waiting for Trey to find... Because apparently Trey really had liked me. Oh, my and God. And so he's like, I can't. The only way to make this work is... So he kept... Pers- he's like, just move on. Just move Are on, we dude. still mates with Trey to this day? No. We moved her We've, we've moved yes. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Trey. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, Thank you. That's what we say, you know? Yeah. So it was... Cheers, Trey. Yes. Cheer, that's what we always joke. Cheers to Trey. And so it was... It was the most amazing um it was a true love starting oh like God, a lightning bolt so I, I, I and honestly now you've been together was for 12 very, years it'll be 12 years tomorrow. i was very connected. we were living together within three months so we're luke and i oh my god so we're luke and i, I mean, oh thirsty that's bitches what, that's what happened yeah. 
thirsty bitches. Thirsty bitches. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Living together within three months. I mean, how cute is that? That is a perfect story. A perfect ender <gasps> to our Love Actually episode. <gasps> Megan, no notes. No notes, Megan. Perfect You're an story. icon. So is Luke. I, I love you both. would literally have, I mean, couldn't be me being impressed by a snake. That no. is my number Hilarious. one phobia. Ridiculous to I'm be more like, afraid of yeah, snakes than I'll Billy go Bob to Thornton. this random man's house to go see your snake. Yep. That honestly sounds like he's gonna try and like take his penis out. <laughs> you won't see my snake. But thank God she did. Thank God she did. Because then she fell in love with Luke. To Trey. To Trey. <laughs> I hope Trey has found all the happiness. That's Me too. an excellent christmas themed love story i love it so much i was crying in the club girl i know i i get chills every single time she talks about that lightning bolt and the first noel is playing dramatically in the background we were at brunch <laughs> excellent the perfect place to hear about a christmas themed story yeah. of love i was like i need to record this can you send this to me right now excellent well do you have any final thoughts on our love actually revisited episode final thoughts i love you i love you this is our love actually storyline happy 100th episode happy 100th episode cheers here's um, to a hundred more hundred more and then we're done no <laughs> we're kidding we're, we're not a hundred <laughs> and forever a hundred and forever love you love you cheers do you have final thoughts i love you and that's it and love actually is... I will always watch... Oh, all around. <laughs> no, sorry. Love actually is a story about what love actually is. That's correct. Christina Thank Archer, you. 2018, 2023. A, a quote that never changes. Some things, <laughs> some things change, but that quote doesn't. That quote does not. Absolutely. And let us know your love actually quiz results. <laughs> yeah, let us know who you got. If you got Colin, please let me know. Colin Frissel, not Colin Firth. Yep, exactly. Email us at romcomsweaveloved at gmail.com. And thank you to all of the listeners who emailed us. We loved all of your stories. We love you so much. We will be posting, obviously, our little uh, graphic, but as well as the infamous burgundy matching set yes, from Alicia. and the bridge. And the bridge. So please follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. at romcomsweaveloved to check it out. We love you all. And also follow us on TikTok at romcoms we've loved. And you can also see our website to all the romcoms.com. And that's everything. That's we everything. We love you. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy 100th episode. Yay. Cheers. Cheers. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>